Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to Outbound Metrics, the number one podcast for audio case studies of outbound sales campaigns for B2B service and software companies. If you own or work for a SaaS company, digital marketing agency, or lead generation agency, and you want to generate more revenue for your company using cold outreach, you're in the right place. There's no other podcast that goes as in-depth into winning outbound sales campaigns as this one. And in each episode, we reverse engineer and deconstruct what's working right now in cold outreach. I'm Maureen Williams, and over the past couple of years, I've had the opportunity to interview dozens of agency owners, SaaS founders, and growth consultants on this podcast about how they craft high-converting, multi-channel, outbound sales campaigns. And this has given me unique insight into what's working right now in the outbound sales industry. That includes onboarding, how to find data and prospects, how to use multiple channels like email, the phone, LinkedIn, direct mail, voicemail, social media, texting, and more. I've also had the opportunity to spend my entire 13-year and counting career involved in generating new business for a variety of B2B software and service companies which brings us to today's episode. Imagine that you're in the bread aisle at a grocery store. You pick up the brand you want and you put it in your cart or bag. Did you notice that little metal twist tire clip at the top? Probably not. It's something we all come in contact with just about every day, but typically don't think twice about. Well, my guest in this episode, Rajpal Singh, was tasked with generating sales meetings for a manufacturer of bread bag twists. That's right. The entire company is dedicated to creating these tiny metal twists for bread bags. Now, what's unique about the challenge Rajpal was faced with is that his company was tasked with generating exposure and sales conversations with prospects on a different continent during COVID lockdown and in an old school industry that historically relies on relationships and face-to-face meetings to develop new business. With all the odds stacked against him, my guest executed an incredible multi-channel outreach campaign to drive incredible results for his client. He did this leveraging email, video, storytelling, landing pages, and retargeting ads to drive massive ROI. And during this interview, we go incredibly deep into the high-level principles, strategies, and tactics that Rajpal used. You won't want to miss this one. I'll see you on the other side. During this interview, we go incredibly deep into the principles, strategies, and tactics that Rajpal used. You won't want to miss this one. I'll see you on the other side. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? 
Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome to Outbound Metrics. Rajpal Singh is a director at Box Media. Box Media is a creative video marketing agency that specializes in courageous, visually striking communications for brands. Through their creative strategy process, they surprise and delight audiences both internally and externally. Rajpal, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Are you ready to dive in? Absolutely. Thanks, Morgan, and thanks for having me on the show. Sure thing. How does Box Media get results for its clients? straight into it no being about the bush yeah so so (laughs) videos are obviously everywhere it's a really powerful medium but it's all about the the data and the analytics that we can capture behind the video and and that's what really is what we're measuring i'm just a man with an opinion if i tell you video works yeah you can believe me you might not but if i put data in front of you you can't argue with data it's black and white analytics Awesome. And and what would you say makes Box Media different? There's, you know, like every industry in the space of video, it's a saturated market. There's lots of great agencies, production companies producing great content. And over the years, the feedback we've got again and again from our clients, from our partners, from the people that we work with, is that not only do we look at things from a creative point of view, that they have to look nice, look glossy, do what video does it, uh, its best with regards to storytelling and, and deliver a message, but we need to get under the skin of the business. You know, what is the goal of this campaign? What are we trying to achieve? And make sure that we've got the technical or, or the digital plumbing in place first. So that process and the uh, experience and the journey of the audience is a smooth uh, as as well as the actual experience of watching the video. So that's really important that we understand the business goals and then the creative goals, make sure we have the digital plumbing in place and have the creativity on top. Nice. And productized pricing or custom? It's, it's, it's more of a framework. So I mm-hmm. would say it's more custom. Um, we have a framework that kind of works. You know, uh, if we were to spec every project individually we we would just spend all day quoting and working out figures so you know we've got frameworks and we kind of depending on what their needs are is this going to be a one-off campaign or is this going to be an ongoing campaign and then really it's about sometimes there's not a fit because if there's not enough budget we just can't do what we do we have to tell clients and partners well come back when you've got some more revenue or some more investment and with other with other businesses just about saying okay fine how, how aggressive do you want to be? What's your appetite like? And then based on your budget, we can run this for six months or for 12 months. And that's up for discussion. Up, up for discussion. Sure thing. And who is your ideal customer? Great question. So we're not, we're not industry specific. Um, our ideal customer is someone who wants to grow, who's someone who's willing to listen and take on board new innovative ideas. 
If it's a client who has got the budget and wants to grow, but has a very closed way of thinking, then that's hard for us to really give them more strategic guidance of thinking out the box. So, you know, it's got to be a company that's willing to try new strategies, new techniques, you know, really leverage off our knowledge and expertise. So, you know, a couple of characteristics are they've got to be willing to lean on us, take our guidance and advice, you know, really trust us. Uh, B, obviously, they've got to have some money. That always helps. And, <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then with regards to, you know, industry specific, you know, the, the, the industries that we, I suppose, are, are busier in are probably manufacturing, professional services with regards to law firms. They're probably the two, you know, big areas, manufacturing and professional services. All right. Sure thing. And so for the case study we have today, can you give us a little background on the the industry we're looking at, or is this a campaign for your company or a client? Like what, what was happening here? Awesome. Um, a local manufacturing company, they, um, they produce small sticky tape. I don't know if in the US you, you, you have this, but in the UK, we have a bread bag where we get a loaf of bread. It's in a plastic bag. And then at the end of it, there's a, uh, it, it's, it's 20 millimeters by 90 millimeters and it just goes around the end and it seals mm-hmm. the bag. So the, so the bread is sure. fresh. And they manufacture the machines that produce this, this tape. And then they actually produce the tape as well. So in the UK, they supply, uh, I think it's about 90% of the UK bread industry with wow. this machine and this, this particular product. Their challenge to us was, and, and this is in the middle of COVID-19. So this is August 2020 that we started the conversation that they wanted to reach out to uh, a new uh, territory, a new geography, Australia, New Zealand, um, because they've looked at their markets. The markets there, the bread manufacturing industry there, they have the the, the loaf of bread in a, in a plastic packet. But they have a square clip, and mm-hmm. <coughs> and twenty years ago, we, they used to have a square clip in the UK as well. But sadly, child swallowed one. Choked on it and passed away. So you know, over you know, within a year or so, the whole industry, due to that, they don't want to risk that happening again. So they moved to a different way of sealing the bread bag. Now, in in different parts of the world, in Australia, New Zealand, being one of them, is still using a square clip. Our client wanted to reach out to bread manufacturers and say, "Look, why do we have to wait for something really bad to happen before we change? Let's change now." So it was about starting them conversations and and I suppose the conversations that lead to obviously the, the, the sales call and, and, and the business, but it's about, you know, creating that awareness that is a problem and we've got a solution to that problem. Yeah. And I can tell I really like where this is going because you're helping somebody who's selling something that's not sexy, right? It's, it's a metal <laughs> twist on bread like something you you interact with every day but probably don't think twice about so you know i can definitely see where there's a need to differentiate yourself and take a unique angle absolutely just working with with this client you learn so much so many animals cats dogs accidentally you know start nibbling on the on the square clip and then Mm -hmm. chew them and swallow them so many children do that, do this as well. And sometimes you don't realize it, you know, I, I'm, I'm drinking a bottle of water and I'm just playing with the clip, you know, the, the lid, sorry, of, of the bottle of water. And you, you just do that. And obviously uh, children have a tendency of putting it in the mouth. So yeah, they're, they're doing something really good. Um, so as well as it being safe for uh, children and pets, 
it's environmentally friendly because it's recyclable. You know, it's, uh, it cuts on, on wastage as well because it takes less um, uh, amount of plastic to produce. So uh, as a product, it, it's quite sound. The challenge they've got is the machines for the manufacturers, it's, it's a considered investment. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about a few thousand pounds. It's like probably about 50,000 pounds. So, you know, it's definitely a considered investment. But, you know, it presents a good challenge and a good opportunity that in 2020, you know, in the thick of COVID, there's no exhibitions. We can't physically meet people. We can't go to conferences. So how else do we get an important message out to a territory? We're in the UK, you know, and we're trying to talk to people in Australia and New Zealand. So, you know, there's some strategic thinking to be done first about, well, how are we going to approach this? And what's a sustainable way to make sure that whatever we work, work we start now can carry on for the next six months, 12 months and beyond and build on the business. Absolutely. So their goal was to get in front of these bread manufacturers in Australia and New Zealand to have sales meetings, essentially? That's correct. Okay, cool. So where did you go from here? You got an idea of the problem, you know, who they're looking to go after, some differentiators of their product. So the first starting point was to, I suppose, get a voice that they would really listen to. So what, what we did with the company was, and, and to be fair, the company had already started this part of their journey before we got involved, but we just amplified things. So the, the, the task was to get some consumer research. So they got some local people. So even though we're in the UK, we brought obviously our accent here. We want to get their own native people from Australia and New Zealand talking about the product, talking about why they should change from where they are to where they need to be. We got that. Um, captured. We got the videos of, of their consumers talking about the pros and cons and the benefits. And then what we did was we created using um, leading with the CEO of the company in the UK, opening uh, the video talking about, I want to talk to you about how we can make a difference together. And, how, and as well as me talking about the product, I want before I go into the thick of that, I want you to listen to what your consumers say about this first. And then cycle mm. back to me. So the way we even structured and designed the, the video was we opened with the CEO because it humanized the brand. It connected with, with Richard directly first. He then took it back to the consumer research groups, which were local uh, Australian or Aussie and, and New Zealand groups, and then came back to Richard because really the relationship is between the company and the prospect but we're leveraging off the consumer groups because they're really talking about the problem and then offering, saying, oh, wow, this product is, is, is far superior. Awesome. So I love that angle. You're getting the opinions and thoughts of the people who matter to these manufacturers most, right? Their customers Absolutely. in front of them. What types of things are these people saying? So, so the biggest thing was safety. You know, there was no argument that as soon as you present, you know, Here's product one, here's product two, and look at the size of that clip, and you think that you could get, I can choke on this, even mm-hmm. I can choke on this. Imagine a small child, and then comparing that with the other product, it was like a no-brainer when you put it next to each other like that. So, you know, safety was like the running theme through both sessions with both groups, and, and for Australia and New Zealand. Beyond that, extra benefits were obviously the recyclability and um, just, you know, the environment, the benefit to the environment of having less plastic out there so that proved invaluable for the messaging point of view now obviously from a positioning point of view put 
our client into a great point, great, great position, because they're talking about all key things that matter to all of us. It's mm-hmm. not just bread manufacturers, it's not just to, you know, the, um, our, our clients, but even to me and you, you know, the environment is important to all of us and we can all contribute. And if, if we know we're working with businesses that are, are thinking about the, the environment like that, then surely that's going to be a good thing. So straight away, I think it's about winning the hearts and minds through the video, using real people, you know, so it's not manufactured, it's, it's genuine. And then obviously humanizing the brand, making sure our client's face is right at the front um, and topping and tailing that video. And then obviously all, all the technology around it so we can see, we can send them emails, then in a sequence, they go to a particular landing page. So they're in having a brand experience and they're not going to YouTube. They're watching the content. We can see how much of that content they're watching. So we can measure is, is the video performing, is the landing page performing? And then the call to action at the end is to you know, book time into, Rich, into Rich's diary using Calendly. And, you know, we've got an appointment generated. Okay. And there was a lot packed in there. So I want to dissect that for sure. You know, goal of the video is to win the hearts and minds of the viewers using real people, right? That matter to these, to these prospects. How did that video end? Like you, you have the CEO in the beginning. This is how we can make a difference together. You have the two focus groups. How does that video end? It comes back to the CEO, you know, saying, look, if you'd like to talk more about safety. So, so there was three themes, safety, uh, recyclability, um, environment. In the second environment, I think it was, yeah. You know, they were the three themes that we, so they're the three themes running through three different videos. So we could go in with different, e- in the email sequence, with, with different subject lines and different content on how we're adding value. But the structure of the videos were all the same. So we opened with the uh, with the CEO just to make sure that they really got to know Richard more. That was the key part of it. He was then to introduce the focus groups. They got the real value proposition on what it meant to their, their consumers. And then at the end, what was that call to action? Look, if you'd like to talk more about this, if this is important to you, like it is important to us, you know, let's get, schedule a call and, and you know, let's, let's talk, see how we can work together. Awesome. Let's talk about, we've got this creative together, right? And let's talk about, you mentioned a little bit about distribution. How do you get it out to them? So you've got this piece of content that you're using to, you're going to use to influence people to book meetings with Richard, right? Or his team. Where do we go from here now that we have the creative? The creative is, is in place. Now it's about the data, you know, mm-hmm. who are we targeting? You know, is there a relationship with them? Are they cold or are they warm? And, and how cold are they or how warm are they? They'd already done some research. They, they knew the different manufacturers that they wanted to reach out to in New Zealand and Australia. And it was only a very small list, probably sub-100 uh, contacts. But it was a good opportunity to um, uh, you know, make sure that the, the data is clean, it's, mm-hmm. it's all fresh. So you know, we went through all of that with a fine-tooth comb just to make sure there was no errors in, in any of that data. So that was part one, you know, emails, finding out all the details are accurate. And then it was about thinking about the messaging. And the messaging starts obviously with subject lines, goes through to the copy of the email, to the thumbnail, through to the landing page, onto the video. And that whole experience has to be congruent with regards to if you get email one or email five, you should feel like you're learning something new. Is value mm-hmm. there? It needs to be overall in the whole campaign, a whole level of personalization. 
So our prospects don't feel like it's just a, an email campaign I'm getting. It feels like which is actually coming out with some personal uh, information and value to me. And from the client's perspective, it needs to be just totally automated, hands-off, so that they can just basically give us the data, sign the creative off, and we can just hit go on our sites. So you mentioned that flow, email, thumbnail, landing page, video. So let's move through each of those. So what was the email sequence like? Did you use LinkedIn or anything like that else? Or how did that, how did that work? Yeah, yeah, great question. So for this campaign, we didn't, we didn't use LinkedIn. Um, for other campaigns that we're doing now, we, we do integrate Facebook into that. And how we integrate Facebook, and then I'll circle back to the, how we do the messaging, is that on the landing page, we drive people to, we put a Facebook pixel, we put a LinkedIn pixel as well, mm. and we then put budget behind for retargeting. And then that way we have more content that, actually we tell a lie, we actually did do that with this client. We, we, we produced three extra videos, which, which I'll go through in the sequence. Starting with the email, it's all about the subject line, making sure that it's obviously personalized and is, is adding value. With regards to all our communication, whether, you know, in all our campaigns, we always hit our clients. You never want to be salesy. Nobody wants a salesy email. And it, obviously, if it's warm, that's much easier to get an open and a click and a, and a watch and a calendar link. But if it's cold, it's even harder. You've got to do a lot more heavy lifting. So you want to give as much value as you can right from the word go. Otherwise, why should they even open the email? Why should they even click on any thumbnail to, to watch any content? This list, you know, the um, uh, audience was very slightly warm. They knew about our client. They knew about um, uh, the, the product and, and what they were about. They knew about the client and the product. So now it was about just about educating them more about what, how they can help them. With regards to the emails, we just use their names uh, in the emails from point of personalization. And, you know, first, first, first name, hyphen, what, what does safety mean to you? What, what, do renew, what does um, uh, recyclability mean to you in your business? So we, we try to make it as, as relevant to them and what their recipients, are, what their prospects are, are doing uh, to improve their business with regards to the actual subject line. Mm-hmm. That was the subject line? What does safety and recyclability mean to you? Yeah, what, what, gotcha. what does recyclability mean to you? And, and after this call as well, I can go back into the campaign, have a look, and if you want specific, you know, the exact... Details. I can't remember off the top of my head. I can mm-hmm. share them with you afterwards as well. Cool, cool. Yep. Awesome. Um, with, with respect to the actual email copy, what we've learned is to keep the words as, as less as possible, keep them as mm-hmm. short as possible, because the goal of the email for us is for them to click the thumbnail to then go to the landing page and watch the video. The goal of the email is not to get a response or a reply. Unless, uh, I suppose, I suppose that in an ideal world, if they're, if they're sales ready, then they might click reply. And, and I suppose, you know, we've cut all of that process out. But the, the real strategic goal for us for the email is for them to click the thumbnail and get to the landing page. Mm-hmm. So the words that, are, are, that we design on the actual email are, are more about giving value and, and then kind of asking a question of, well, you know, share your thoughts. What do you think? Do you agree with what, they, what the consumer groups are saying? Because then that leaves... The prospect thinking about, well, they have to watch the video to be able to answer the question of whether they agreed or disagreed with what the use, what the um, uh, focus groups were talking about. So from that point of view, keep the copy short, ha- keep it, um, make sure we're, we're adding value. And then thirdly, you know, just ask a question which is relating to the video. So they've got to kind of click on that to get to the video, to watch it, to try and 
to be able to reply and respond accordingly. The thumbnail is, um, uh, has to be consistent with the thumbnail on the landing page so that you don't click on the thumbnail image and you go to a landing page and you think, ah, I didn't click on this and you end up with something which is totally different. So we use once again a picture of Richard just to, once to, to humanize the brand and get him right in the forefront. And, and once again, when you get to the landing page, we, we designed the landing page to be really simple. There's no, uh, there's no extra words. It's just basically the video. So you get on there and the likely uh, chance of you doing anything else is practically zero. You're either going to come back off the page because you don't have time or you got interrupted or you're going to click play to watch the video. So that journey from email to the landing page is, is really important with regards to how we structure that and how we design the thumbnails to get to the landing page and make sure that someone then wants it there clicks play and, and then watches the video. They don't get distracted by any other details or information on that page. Awesome. Any, any more like points to the landing page? So landing pages, yeah, less is more. It's all about the video here. Um, if, if people are getting to the landing page, the next goal is to get them to press play. So the worst thing you can do is put lots of other information on there, which you might want to do. You might even want to put links back to the other parts of the website. And we'd say no, because the goal is not for them to do that. The goal of the campaign is for them to open the email, the goal from there is for them to click the thumbnail, get to the landing page. The goal there is for them to watch the video, nothing else. At the end of that video is the next call to action. What do we want them to do next? And, and that could be either a Calendly link or watch the next video, because you know it could be, a, in our case, there was a series of videos. So if there were, if they were keen to learn more, they could just binge watch and, and really just move on to the next one, next one, next one. And we can put call to actions in the video. So you're not, you're not having a jarring experience that you're going from, a, from video to scroll down to click a button. It's all within that user experience of that video experience. And mm-hmm. then, so the only other thing that we'd ever say to, to, to maybe add on to that landing page is maybe a form. So like you've got the video and a form, but we, we, can be, we often build forms in the video as well. So once again, it's all about keeping that experience as smooth as possible. Gotcha. All in that video. That's correct. Makes sense. Okay, cool. So we've got very interesting campaign here. Anything you noticed or tweaked while going through it kind of before we get into the results of the campaign? So the, the campaign was spread over a sequence of six emails. I suppose the, the biggest learning we found from this campaign to previous campaigns is normally, say previous campaigns of a similar ilk have been quite sales oriented, meaning you want to get a quicker response and the, the value of a particular product or service that we've done with other clients have been a lot less in value compared to this. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so the frequency of emails has been between three to four days email one to email two to email three to email four but but as this product and service was much higher in value in comparison if the the response or the learnings we got quite quickly were the frequency felt too quick for and i'm not sure is it because of the value of the product or because of that particular industry but we got some signals from the prospects replying back to richard Great, but we just stop sending me emails so frequently. So by pushing now the three to four day uh, gaps to weekly gap, we didn't get that kind of pushback, but we just got more engagement with regards to, you know, calendarly bookings, 
and responses, Richard, this is great, but um, can you circle back in three months' time? Um, kind of responses. And from a client point of view, and, and as we were managing that campaign, you know, that was the only kind of real bump that we experienced. That was probably the learning mid through, you know, and it's something that we, we try to do with every campaign is not just set it up and hit go and forget about it. It's just to mm-hmm. make sure we monitor and measure as we're going because each industry and, and product is, is, is different and unique. Absolutely. Did you, and like at a high level, what was in the other emails you were sending? Like we, we know about the first one. What type of stuff do you have? Any other ones? The other campaigns. Yeah, the, yeah, the other, because you had a series of six emails, right? That's so correct. we talked about that first one. And the other five, high level, what was kind of in those? So, so the structure, structure was, the structure and strategy was very, very similar across the mm-hmm. emails. Obviously, the content differed from, from safety to recyclability to environment. And on the last email, it was more of a, I was saying, look, you know, I'm sending a few emails. I get the feeling that, you know, timing is not right not right now, which is fine. Um, I'm just going to leave this with you and I'll circle back to you shortly. And that, that actually generated quite a few responses as well, as opposed to just finishing in, in midair. It just mm-hmm. felt like closing the chapter on this campaign. And we, we find from not only this campaign, but even from other campaigns, uh, it, it kind of wraps it up. Um, we always get this question from clients to say, well, you know, shouldn't we just have an endless campaign that goes on and on and on? And from our point of view, we're not sending out a newsletter. That's a different kind of campaign. That's a different strategy that has a different mm-hmm. goal. This is sales outreach. And we're trying to actually find which customers here and now, which prospects here and now can we turn into customers? So from that point of view, we want to at least quantify it by time. I saying, look, you know, either six emails later or six weeks later or, you know, some way of putting a framework in place, we can say, look, this is a start. This is an end. This is not going to go on forever and ever like a newsletter would because it has a different goal. Got it. Makes sense. Absolutely. You mentioned that you look at different analytics from the videos. What do you look at and how do you use that data? Great question. So from a video point of view, there's a couple of hosts that um, everyone's very familiar with. You know, one YouTube, second probably Vimeo, are probably the two popular video hosting platforms that most people are familiar with. We use a platform called Wistia, Wistia Wistia.com. We're agency partners with Wistia, and we've been using it for a number of years. And we just find that for businesses, Wistia just um, outperforms YouTube and Vimeo by far. On a number of different levels. And, and that's probably a different podcast or an interview just to talk about Wistia in, in its entirety. But what Wistia allows us to do is obviously look at the analytics behind that video. In addition to what Wistia brings to the table, we've developed our own unique code as well. So now what we can do is actually build extra triggers um, and notifications into our actual campaign. So when the campaign went live from, from the first uh, go live uh, date, right through to the sixth email sequence that went out. What happens with our solution is, as soon as an email gets pushed out, and um, you know, there was approximately 100, just short of 100 emails, what happens with um, the technology that we've built on the back of the Wistia uh, player is we, can, we send out uh, 100 emails. Obviously, they're all one-to-one, even though it's a broadcast. As and when somebody clicks on an email, the email provider being Lemlist, 
will tell us that it got open and also tell us the click, which every broadcasting tool does. But the extra level of now data and visibility we have is that when the recipient gets to the landing page and they click play on the video, that triggers a notification back to our inbox. Not only that, but then obviously, as they've finished their viewing experience, we can see exactly what or how much of that video they've watched. So now, out of 100 people, and this is just for this campaign, but it goes for any campaign of any size, we can see out of the list from the clicks and opens, which are valuable, but actually who's interested right here, right now, because as soon as the click play on the video, we get the trigger notification sent out inbox and everyone's on email. So email is the best way to view that. And from there we can go, we know exactly who's watching that video because it's all tracked, it's all connected. And then from there, we provide a link from that email going straight to the stats. So then you can look at the back end of that video and you can look at individual heat maps of that particular person and how much of that video they watched. Did they watch 10% of it or 10 seconds of it and dropped off? Did they watch it all to its full entirety? Or did they watch it twice? So then heat maps then represent how interested they are in your product or service, in this case, safety or recyclability or the environment. When the opportunity comes to speaking to that recipient, that prospect on the phone, sorry, then at least they've got a gauge on what they found interesting and what they found not so interesting because of the heat maps. Gotcha. So you're looking at on different videos in the series, right? Absolutely. Which, what they're most interested in. So you can, okay, I like that. How many videos were in that series? Three for Australia, three for New Zealand. So three went one way, three went the other way for Australia gotcha. and New Zealand. And then on the back of them videos, so they were very specific about the product, the service and the benefits. And then there was a retargeting pixel for, for Facebook. And so next time anyone that was on the landing pages went to Facebook, then they would go fall into a video funnel on Facebook where there would be three 60-second videos in an order of Richard talking about why he does what he does for 60 seconds. And if you watch more than 50% of that, you would get into the how video, how he does what he does with his team and his manufacturing business. And then the third one, if you watch more than 50% of that, you'd, you'd get presented the third video, which is what next. If, if this resonates with you, you think there's some opportunities that once again, you, you'd like to discuss with us, this is how you can get in touch with us and this is how we can look to work together. And, <coughs> and that in itself is a self-qualifying funnel on Facebook to get people back into uh, the website and back into them booking time into Richard's diary. Awesome. So they watch that video and it tells them to book time or go to the website? It's on the third one, you know, on mm-hmm. the first and second, because... We don't want to be too eager to, right. to, to come across like let's book timing because then you come across salesy. Because yeah. I think as, as well as what you say, it's about the actions that surround what you say. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that, so that whole, the whole journey is about building that rapport, that relationship. And you, you self-qualify yourself by watching more video and then Facebook allows us to you know, decide that you know, if you watch more than 50% of this video, that we retarget them with the next video. Gotcha. So that last video is, is it 50% or more go to that call to action? That's correct. Gotcha. Okay. And that is to either book time because they've seen the previous videos or to go to the website. Absolutely. Gotcha. All right. I love it. Very in-depth campaign here. 
multi-channel, really interesting how you're crafting this journey for these folks to go on and you're really adding value from the get-go, right? So results of this campaign, what were the, the metrics you tracked and what business results did it, did it bring? Sure, sure. So, so the exact results, I should actually, I'll I can log in now because I don't want to say the wrong figures. Sure. And, and then what I say on, on, on camera will be different to what I show on screen. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just see if I can just uh, log in. The, the results were, um, even when I look back, quite impressive. 89 emails sent, a 94.3% open rate, and a 25% reply rate. Nice. 90.4%, you said open rate, right? Yep. And, and 25% reply rate. Awesome. And, and that was probably equivalent to the amount of calendar bookings uh, put in the diary as well. Just so about 25% booked. Did those who replied book book meetings? Maybe 20% to be fair. Some of them said, yeah, great, but let's go back in six months. So the, the goal for us, success for our client was engagement. We could illustrate we've got engagement this way because previously it was just relying on email clicks and email opens. Mm-hmm. And you can't, there's no way to calculate have they read that email, have they right. read that content on the, on the, on the website. You can measure, probably measure using Google Analytics or tools like Hotjar, you know, what, what heat maps of what they've done or how long they've spent on a page, but you can't exactly measure what they've read or looked at. But now with the video, with individual heat maps, we could say that, you know, prospect has spent five minutes watching your content, someone else watched three, mon- three minutes, someone else watched 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we could also then push that forwards to, reply and or so the goal was can we generate engagement and can we illustrate that yes we can and and the other question was and it was quite a i suppose done in a in a jovial manner is that if you don't do this campaign if you don't do video in the way that we're doing it what other options do you have because once again we can't go to conferences we can't do exhibitions we can't meet people face to face so all, all you can do is an email campaign and without the other kind of knowledge base and technology and video uh, experience, to put, put everything else together is, is uh, not impossible, but it's a bit of a challenge. Very difficult. Yeah, without it. So it makes sense that they were looking for engagement because, you know, I would assume their business manufacturing relationships big, you know, high ticket items, really big about relationships, and especially because they are from, you know, a different part of the world too, right? Like there's nuances to that and a different level of trust you have to build there. So that totally makes sense. Do you know, like, did they share with you business results around? I know that's more on what they did and sounds like a very long sales cycle with this, you know, uh, high ticket equipment, but did they share any business results with you around like connections they made with these people or you know so with regards to business results it's still early days because mm-hmm. they're looking at you know six to 12 months to, to to make that sale happen what they're delighted about is that they've made engagement and there's conversations happening and they're in the loop they're connected and for us that that falls into the space of having brand affinity 
that you want to speak to me because there's a need and you like me and the service that we offer, as opposed to me just advertising and having awareness I'm pushing ads to you, yeah, they know about my brand or product. And they feel there's a deep connection this way. And their investment in, in, in our solution is better spent than just you know, throwing the same amount of money on, on just Facebook ads or LinkedIn ads and, and doing that kind of experiment. Right, because that, that's going to get you in front of people, but it's not going to, like you say, build that brand affinity, build deeper relationships, just someone scrolling past an ad with no, here's my company, you know, that's it. Exactly. That makes total sense, especially in that business, <laughs> in, that, in that type of business. I totally get that. Awesome. Boxmedia.tv. If you want to check out what Rash Paul and his team are doing, boxmedia.tv. Rash Paul, it was great having you on the show. Appreciate you joining me today. Thank you. I, I hope it's um, of value. And if there's any questions that you or, or any of the audience have, I, I welcome the uh, questions or, or any, in any way I can support or help. But we're just doing more of what we enjoy doing, and that's you know storytelling for businesses and using the technology to help their businesses grow. Absolutely. You take it easy. Thank you, Morgan. Cheers. Yep. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. My biggest takeaway from this episode is if you're not using video, you should start. It's one of the best ways you can humanize your brand and create trust with your prospects. Look, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.